happens here. He went on to say he didn't win the election because of Russians. He won it because of you, the folks that are here tonight. And it was described as an adoring crowd in West Virginia. And the Trump administration is staffing up. Nearly 70 nominees received Senate approval in one fell swoop yesterday. So that's a bunch of uh, headlines, uh, 15 of them. We're going to go through some of those stories uh, piece by piece and uh, give you more details. And you have an opportunity to uh, talk about those, uh, make your comments about those, or if you want to bring up something uh, different, something new, a question that you may have, a comment that you may have that doesn't have anything to do with any of those, that's okay. Because that's what we do on an open line. Here's how you get on, 356-9397. That's our phone number, 356-9397. Or you can use the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, which is 351-5357. It's 914, 58 degrees. Boy, when I opened the door this morning about uh, quarter to six to uh, pick up the paper off the front porch, that... Uh, Cold air hit me. It was, uh, I didn't realize it was just gotten out of a warm bed. It was really nippy. Feels pretty good, actually. So we'll take our first break uh, right here. Jim Lewis is uh, at the controls uh, at this moment. Ed Bond is in the house, but he is doing something else right now. And once he gets that fixed, I presume he will come back and Relieve Mr. Lewis for his other duties. But uh, we'll take a break here at 9.15 and uh, see who's going to be first today. What's on your mind? Let's get some conversation going. We want dialogue, not monologue. I can go from now to 11 o'clock with no problems uh, if you just want uh, that. But uh, this show is uh, designed for conversation between me and you. So let's get something going. Whatever... Whatever you say is okay with me. I'll take a break. Coming right back. This is Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. This is an open line this morning. And Lynn is first up. Hi, Lynn. Hi. I just want to invite everybody to the CU Christian Church. We'll meet Sunday, August 6th, this coming Sunday, at 1030 at the Crystal Lake Pavilion and the it's a new church that's just started here in Champaign-Urbana. It's a brand new church, or you're just uh, yes. changing locations or something? We're just Well, we don't have a location yet, but we're just meeting at the Crystal Lake Park. Just want to invite anybody that wants to come and hear a good sermon Who's and good a, singing. Who is a, uh, the preacher, or who will be doing the sermon? Jason Epperson. Mm-hmm. And uh, who is that? Well, he's a young man that uh, has been here in a, a local church and then went to, uh, went to fill in positions at other, some other churches, but he's come mm-hmm. back to the area. So just want to invite everybody, and thank you, and have a good day. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think she was afraid I was going to ask her some more questions. <laughs> but it's a, it's a, a unique situation to start a new church. I was trying to find out more about it. Right to 356-9397. Text us at 
Well, there's still conversation about the Champaign County nursing home. And uh, Tom Kathik writes in the Gazette this morning that a group of uh, Champaign County board Democrats says there's some reason for optimism at the nursing home and any decision about the future of the facility will be made by the county board, not by countywide elected officials. Tom reminds us that a group of nine countywide officials last week urged the county board to sell the nursing home as soon as practicable in order to avoid further cuts to county staff and services. County Administrator Rick Snyder had warned last month that as many as 24 to 30 positions paid out of the county's general fund might have to be eliminated because of financial problems at the nursing home. While the concerns of department heads and countywide elected officials are heard by the board, and we share those concerns, it is not the role of these officials to determine the county budget. That was a statement signed by seven of the board's 12 Democrats. That responsibility, as designed by, designated by state law, is left to the county board to determine, determine Champaign County's budgetary priorities and no one else. Statement was signed by board members uh, Josh Hartke and Kyle Patterson, uh, uh, Geraldo Rosales, uh, Stephanie Furtado, and Steve Summers, Robert King, James Timsley, five other Democrats on the board did not sign the statement, uh, Patterson said. He said, I had written out the statement. Then I reached out to individuals if they were willing to sign on to it. And I didn't hear back from some, and some of them had different takes on how to approach it, but I really didn't get much pushback. And the board members also said that financial projections made at a county board session last week were worst-case scenarios. These projections did not account for the positive effect that will come from the state of Illinois passing a budget for the first time in years, and they also did not account for the changes that are occurring at the Champaign County Nursing Home under the new management firm. This is according to the Democrats. Uh, SAC of uh, Northfield took over management of the nursing home on July the 1st from uh, Management Performance Associates of uh, St. Louis. MPA had operated the home for nine years. Patterson said uh, yesterday in regard to the finances of the nursing home, I think we have some positive improvements that are in place, and I think it's premature to have calls to give up hope and sell the nursing home before we give the new company a chance to show what it can do. The Democrats' statement said that SAC has already been able to free up $250,000 that the former management firm had failed to properly account for. SAC has identified many different issues that were unaddressed by MPA 
and has plans in place to create a more financially sound uh, nursing home. Let's go to uh, Larry. Hello, Larry. Good morning. Good morning. It's, it's not that I don't want to talk about the nursing home, but I don't. All right. I'd like to talk about the Illinois basketball. All right. What about I, it? Was under, it was under my opinion the last few years that we were wanting to get a team in here that could build, build up the stadium and fill up the stadium by playing good people. Well, with this schedule that came out, the only good team that came in is going to Chicago. So how are we going to fill up the stadium if we keep playing these low-level teams? So uh, you think it'll make a difference uh, for you for, uh, whether you buy a ticket or not? Well, I've already bought my ticket. Okay. But I think if other people that see this schedule, I think it's going to make a world of difference. They said, well, why would we want to go see a team like that if they're not going to play anybody good? Well, we've got, uh, I'm, I'm looking at it now. we got the... Uh, and Augustine. we got got uh, DePaul. That'll be uh, interesting, I would think. Of course, uh, that's, Wake, that's Wake, one of the interesting teams. Yeah, uh, Wake Forest on the road, uh, would be and uh, UNLV on the road. So, uh, um, they Mexico and Chicago on the road. Yeah, well, we got uh, the Big Ten. The Big Ten's the only have, thing we have at home that is worth anything. No, say and that. Maybe Depot. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if people have seen the schedule or not. We open on November the tenth with Southern. That's a team that was fifteen and eighteen last year. Then we've got Tennessee Martin. They were twenty-two and thirteen. And then DePaul at the State Farm Center, and they were nine and twenty-three. And on uh, November 19th, Marshall was 20 and 15. These are last year. That doesn't always mean what you know what kind of a team they're having this year, but it uh, gives, gives you some idea. Uh, we're going to play Augustana on uh, the 22nd of November. That's 20. They were 24 and nine. NC. But they were a class three school. Yes, and they, and NC Central. I don't. I don't even know where that is. Yeah, but uh, that team was twenty-five and nine. And uh, let's see, uh, Austin P at the State Farm Center. They were eleven and nineteen. And uh, Longwood on December the thirteenth, were they were six and twenty-four. Got the New Mexico State, uh, the Lou Henson uh, honor game. Yeah, the home game where New Mexico, where Lou Hanson is going to be honored, is going to be honored in Chicago. That's right. That's at the United Center. And Which doesn't make sense since he was played since he played both of his games down here. Well, he uh, not at the state, not at the State Farm Center. He played at the Stanley Hall. I know. No, no, he he coached both teams. That's the uh, that's right. the idea of. Uh, of honoring them makes it makes a lot of sense to me. I think that's a, a very good idea. And uh, then uh, Missouri game uh, really uh, should be something this year. That's for sure. But of course, that's in St. Louis. So I uh, I see your point. Uh, these are teams that uh, are not real uh, attractive. But uh, we 
I think one of the reasons uh, we don't know what we got. We, I don't think the the coach uh, knows what we've got well, yet. Once we play these low level teams, we're still not going to know what we got. Well, that's that's not exactly true. I think you learn a lot once you uh, once they start throwing the ball up and the games actually start. But uh, I get your point, and I'm sure there are people that agree with you on that. I think it's a uh, it's very difficult to uh, to get home and home with uh, you know. Uh, the the really good teams because you know what they're doing they're 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 staying at home playing these kind of teams too. Right. If we're going to start playing the all the good teams in Chicago, though, we might as well move the the whole university to Chicago. That's what they seem to want to do. Well, we've we've played a game in Chicago for a real long time. On the years we had good teams and the years we had bad teams, we've played Chicago forever. Well, they might. They'll probably be trying to play the Big Ten games in Chicago next. No. So the people of Chicago don't have to drive down here. No, there is no, there is no way they're going to do that. You know, you know better than that. They're going to play the Big Ten teams at home and and at the sites of the the other Big Ten schools. That's where those games will be played. But all uh, right. Well, I just want I just wanted to mention it. This I, I'm glad you uh, did, Larry. I think there will be a lot of uh, people that will uh, say the same thing now. Whether it'll keep them from uh, buying uh, tickets or not. Uh, I think people are indeed excited about uh, the new coach. He seems like a guy that wants to uh, play uh, quickly and, uh, you know, move the ball quickly and get some shots up and uh, that kind of thing, which uh, I know the players... Well, we also want to play somebody that we can play quickly. Say that again. That knows how to play ball. Okay, well, I'm... Sorry you feel so bad about it. Uh, I, uh, I'm i looking forward to it myself. I want to see what uh, these new freshmen can do. I want to see what uh, some of our returning uh, players can do that uh, have quite a, such as a, a Finky. I, I think he's going to have a, I look forward to, to seeing him play. I think he's got a lot different role under uh, Coach Underwood. And, uh, you know, I think it'll be a very interesting season. But, uh, I, think we're gonna have a, I think we're going to have a good team. But I just... I just don't like the way they filled out the, the brackets out of the people that were playing. Okay, I got you. Thank you, Larry. In fact, we should have picked, picked somebody else, surely. All right. Appreciate your call. All thank right, you. thank you. Bye-bye. Well, there was one. I heard a lot of conversation uh, about that uh, when uh, the schedule came out, and it's the same way every year. Every time they bring out the non-conference uh, schedule and we're not playing, uh, you know, top 25 teams in every home game, uh, people complain about it. It's uh, 9.31. Uh, Tim Dittman has the news uh, headlines. I'll come back after that with more of our open line on Penny. Here's Tim. This is Penny for your thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. Uh, phone lines open at uh, 356-9397. Text us at uh, 351-5357. Well, Larry uh, brought up the uh, basketball schedule, the non-conference uh, games announced uh, yesterday. And he's quoted in uh, the paper this morning in a story written by uh, Scott Ritchie. It's maybe not quite where we want it, I've said many times I like playing great people, and I want to play high-level people. We work on that. 
You can only control so much. Scheduling is very, very difficult, very challenging. A lot of it is done years ahead. We'll work on that in the future. Underwood said Illinois' 2018-19 non-conference schedule is nearly complete this coming season, though. We'll feature games against a dozen Division I teams with an average RPI of 196. That includes Longwood on the high end at 343, Wake Forest on the low end at 43, and Division III, Augustana. Underwood said he added the game against UNLV, which will be returned at State Farm Center next season, and the games against uh, Austin P. and Augustana. It's not just us, Underwood said. It takes two to tango to speak to who we want to play, and finding games is very, very challenging. The Big Ten, shifting its schedule to accommodate an earlier conference tournament, made filling out the schedule even more difficult. It will also be a challenge for the Illini in season with a roster that is half newcomers, most of which are freshmen. Underwood said, that's something I haven't experienced. Uh, Underwood said of uh, conference games in the middle of typical non-conference play, you have to get guys minutes. I know we're going to play freshmen. Those guys have to see the court. Underwood's excitement for the season, meanwhile, hasn't waned. He says, I think it's exciting for this team in the fact that we got a lot of new players that are going to be in new roles and see how that plays out. Getting these guys dialed in as quick as possible is of utmost importance. North Central, I said I didn't know where it is. It is uh, North Central College in uh, Durham, North Carolina. Who do we have on uh, one here, Jim? Let's go back to the phones for Bill. Hello, Bill. Yes, good morning, Jim. Good morning. You mentioned you mentioned he wanted this to be a, where you people talk back and forth. Right. But I'm not going to be as negative as that fellow that you just dealt with. I, <laughs> okay. I know, Jim, that you are excited about this season, and I think that's great. I'm sure a lot of the Lionel fans are also, and. But the people that do these schedulings, you know, they do the very best that they can, which is what you were just saying just now, in effect, that sometimes that's done several years in advance. Those guys, those folks don't pick on, pick stuff out just to, just to mess it up. And it's awful easy for people that don't know the whole story to criticize, and I, I think that fellow needs to stop and realize that a little bit. And... They're trying so hard to do the right thing. Just as you in the morning get up and look yourself in the mirror and say, well, I'm going to go to the radio station today and do the very best I can. You don't think, well, I'm going to go in there and see what I can screw up. <laughs> well, that right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. been my experience my, over my lifetime. People really try hard to do their very best. They, they really put forth reasonable effort to do their very best. And you know that that's pretty much true, you know. That is true. I, I I agree with you completely on that. That's been my experience. People with employees and so forth. 
you expect the best out of people, you get that and then some. Anyway, I'm looking forward to the Illini season, too, and I hope they have a very successful season. And I'm, I'm also happy for the new coach, of course. I like the other fellow, too, but then what do I know? <laughs> well, I, uh, I did, too. You know, uh, most of the time it has uh, very little to do with whether the person is a is a nice person and uh, uh, friendly and uh, and uh, good in, out in the community and all those kinds of things. If they don't win games, uh, that's you know that's the coach's <laughs> that's the coach's downfall. And there are very few coaches that actually retire. They most most of them get fired or move on. You know. But, okay, look, Jim. I'll let you go. I just wanted to call and just mention that again. Yeah, uh, well, I'm uh, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you did, Bill. I uh, enjoy your program. <laughs> thank you. We've got so many uh, young players. I'm very excited about seeing some of these new guys. You can't expect uh, freshmen unless it's uh, you know the the Fab Five or some people like that. That you can't expect them to come in and uh, do really great things at the beginning. They have a lot of learning to do. They have a new uh, coach, and uh, many of them are coming directly from from high school, and it's going to take a while. That uh, would be my guess. And uh, maybe playing uh, some of these uh, teams that are not the teams that you want to play is the right thing to do with uh, this team, with these Guys that need to be uh, given court time, need to be tested. Going to have to hurry, too, and uh, to get it ready, get the team ready for the early Big Ten games. It's a 943, 27 degrees here at the Radio Center. You know, as a retirement approaches, eliminating your house payment can seem obvious. But is paying off your mortgage the right decision? Well, the experts at Busey say it depends. For example, if you keep the mortgage, your retirement savings remain intact, and you receive a tax deduction. You will have to carry the financial burden with you, though, throughout retirement. Experts suggest keeping the mortgage if you plan to sell your home, you have a high mortgage but little equity or if you have recently refinanced. Now, pay off the mortgage, if you can do that, if you have enough money to cover it, if your retirement income is significantly reduced, if you want the peace of mind, and or if you don't want to leave your family with debt. Busey experts advise against paying off your mortgage if it requires dipping into your 401k or reducing retirement contributions. You may end up paying or losing more than you save when you consider taxes. Plus, you could lose your employer's matching contribution. If you are intent to pay off your mortgage, but can't make it happen without touching your retirement money, consider making extra payments instead, shortening the term of your mortgage without penalizing your retirement. The experts at Busey will guide you every step of the way. Stop by one of their many convenient locations. Call 1-800-67-BUSEY or visit BuseyMortgage.com to get started today.
Well, we were talking about uh, the nursing home and uh, just about uh, finished the conversation on that. But I just wanted to say a couple of uh, things here at the end. The Democrats said that the, the closure of the home, which county officials said they want to avoid, or a hastily executed low-bid sale of the nursing home will result in the taxpayers of the county losing millions of dollars due to bill backlogs that will no longer have the source of revenue that the Champaign County Nursing Home produces. Simply put, a closure or a hasty sale of the Champaign County Nursing Home will result in a much worse financial situation for the taxpayers of the county than where we currently find ourselves. There will be more discussion of the nursing home effect on county finances later this month when the county board begins hearings on the budget for the fiscal year that begins on January the 1st. 946, 58 degrees at the radio center. We're talking about the uh, schools. I haven't heard much about the the schools. Well, what's going on with the the schools? I passed the big referendum uh, some time ago and uh, just haven't heard much. Uh, Interesting to hear or to see a Marcus Jackson's story today that uh, he talks about uh, when it's uh, going to, when the schools are going to be uh, ready. According to Unit 4 uh, School Board President, the improvements to both Champaign High Schools are expected to be completed in time for the 2022-23 uh, school year. That means that the incoming 7th graders this year will be the first seniors to occupy the updated facilities. Central's updates will be more extensive and expensive of the two high schools. It will remain at the current site. The Keep Central Central movement saw to that during the second of three referendum tries and will include renovations and repairs to the existing infrastructure, Improvements will include new windows, building-wide air conditioning, and an additional $9.8 million going toward improvements of the school's athletic fields at McKinley Field and the Spalding Park. The shared varsity football field will remain at Centennial. And to go on with that story, the facilities for sports will be nicer, and it'll be nice with air conditioning, and Nolan Miller said, said you don't have to worry about baking in the middle of class. While traveling with her children to other schools in central Illinois for various athletic competitions and activities, Carrie Miller couldn't help but compare the newer, more modern facilities with those in Champaign. You're looking at them, and you're like, can't we get our act together? And Nolan said, it's kind of nice knowing that I'll be graduating from a new high school. The November passing of the district's third referendum uh, capped a year-long saga about whether Unit 4's most outdated schools would get any overdue upgrades. Christine Nixon Quirk, whose son Max will be entering seventh grade this year, paid close attention to every development and said, I will believe it all when I see it. It's been a little frustrating, but a new building 
would be nice to keep up with the technology in the classrooms and having good-sized classrooms for the kids. Kendra Friend registered her 7th-grade grandson, Joseph Smith, for school on Thursday. She's most looking forward to the technological improvements that will be made as part of the new high school. He's really into tech, and he's been in the STEM system for a few years, so anything that would give him encouragement and show him what to expect in college would be nice. You just keep on hoping and praying that they stay in school long enough to make it that far. Stephanie Hepburn moved to Champaign last year from Georgetown. Though she hadn't uh, closely followed all of the stories that came before November, the interstate uh, a drive debate, uh, the short-lived push to build a Dodds Park, the talk of a third high school, on and on and on. She voted in favor of the referendum when she got a chance last fall. It shows the community values education when you're improving your schools. It shows growth in the community. Let's go to a JR here at 950. Hi, JR. How you doing, Mr. Turbin? I am doing terrific. How about you, man? I'm all right. Hey, uh, you know, I don't want to date you, but uh, you didn't have air conditioning when you went to school, did you? No, I did not. <laughs> I don't know. I, and I used to walk to school about eight or ten blocks. Yeah, it was all uphill both ways, wasn't it? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I don't know about it. We didn't have air conditioning in our house either. I don't know. No, I, I remember, I remember the, uh, going out onto the, uh, the porch at uh, night and taking a couple of blankets and a pillow and sleeping out there because it was too hot to sleep in the, in the, the house and those kind of things. And I, I don't think it, uh, you know, there may be a lot of things wrong with me, but I don't think it was caused because it was we didn't have air conditioning. No, and uh, we used to, years ago, we used to keep, you know, used to keep our uh, doors unlocked, but you can't do that nowadays. Yeah, oh, well, we got to, yeah, exactly. We're in a... We're, we're in a different world in, in so many ways, and uh, so much of it so good and so exciting, and then so much of it you, oh, yeah. you well, can say, well, the good old days actually were better in, 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 in many, many ways. You have a great weekend. You too. Glad you called, Jr. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. I remember the uh, big uh, deal as I was growing up is that the WPA came out and put in a concrete slab for our outhouse so we no longer just had an outhouse that was sitting out on the ground we now had it had one on concrete high tech sure enough back in all illinois in those days 952 a break here it's uh, 60 at the radio center back to the phones we go for kevin hello kevin yeah, Jim, you mentioned about the WPA toilet. Uh, yeah, we still, still use ours out beside our pool. We had to redo the, the wooden structure, build like a fence around it stuff there, but that cement's as good as it was when it was put in. <laughs> it's got 20 years before my time and stuff. That mm-hmm. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, it was way before your time. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's still functioning yet, yet, still yet and stuff there. I thought I'd pass that along to you. And then, like I say, that's... You mean it's as good as it was when it was put in. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, that was a that was a just a, a small little uh, 
a little thing, but boy, we thought it was uh, terrific. And they were they're going all around the neighborhoods, putting those in. Uh, and Moving right uptown, right? Yeah, exactly right. High tech. <laughs> okay, you take care, Jim. Thanks, Kevin. Well, the folks out in uh, Rhode Island uh, maybe not thinking so much about high tech as they are about money. Rhode Island lawmakers yesterday made the made it the fourth state to make community college free following New York, Oregon, and Tennessee as the idea that a free college should be available gains more and more support. Under what uh, they're calling the Promise Scholarship, tuition and fees at the community college of Rhode Island will be covered for all students regardless of income. It will go into effect for new students starting this fall. While approving the measure, the lawmakers rejected a broader one that would have made two years free at the state's public four-year colleges, too. Students will be eligible for the Promise Scholarship if their state residents have graduated from high school the previous spring. They have to maintain a 2.5 grade point average while in college and will be enrolled full-time. They'll also be required to live, work, and continue their education in the state for a period of time after graduation. Full-time tuition at the school for in-state residents is $2,000 a semester. Well, this was an added, I hadn't heard this. They'll be required to live, work, or continue their education in the state for a period of time after graduation. Doesn't say what period of time, but uh, I don't know if that's in the uh, college-free programs in New York, Oregon, and Tennessee or not. Well, now, Tom Ramage was uh, out here. He, of course, the president of uh, Parkland College. We talked about that kind of thing, and uh, he did say that it was becoming more and more uh, prevalent. And, of course, if you would talk about this kind of thing in the uh, state of Illinois right now, would not have much of a chance of uh, going very far because we have no money. And I wonder if you've uh, ta- uh, thought anything about transgender people in the military lately. Devote much time to that? Not me, but a new uh, university uh, poll conducted yesterday said that in the wake of uh, Trump announcing via a tweet a ban on this, found that uh, more than two-thirds of Americans polled field they should be allowed to serve. Our time is up. We'll have another hour of open line after the news on DWS in Champaign-Urbana. And welcome back to hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. This is an open line up until uh, 11 o'clock this morning. We're at 356-9397. Uh, our Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351-5357. I was just looking up to see how uh, Kevin Anderson had uh, done in the round of uh, 16 in the tournament. Uh, 
that's leading up to the U.S. Open. And he, in the round of 16, uh, upset the number one seeded uh, player, man by the name of Theme, uh, won the first set 6-3, lost the uh, second 7-6, and won the third 7-6. So a terrific uh, win for Kevin Anderson, who has been just trying and trying to get back to one of those high-ranking uh, spots. His injuries uh, slowed him down for a real long time, but he's just getting better and uh, better. And that was a real, real big win for him. We're happy for him, but uh, right away, he's got to play again today in the quarterfinals. And we begin playing against a, a man named Bombry that I don't know anything about to tell you. It's supposed to be at the 3 o'clock this afternoon. But it said, uh, the story says he, on match point, in the third set of match point, they were playing a tie break, and uh, Kevin served an ace at 139 miles an hour. He can he can really hit it. Anyway, our congratulations to Kev, and uh, we'll follow him in the rest of the tournament. Right now, it's the 10:10. In case you've just joined us, uh, we talked a little bit about. The county Democrats uh, seeing a ray of hope for the nursing home, and they uh, emphasize that any decision that uh, will be made on this will be made by the county board and not by the county elected officials. These are the people that signed the uh, letter the other day or the, uh, the, the memo that indicated that all of them said their advice would be or their hope would be that the county board would elect to sell the nursing home. But the Democrats uh, said uh, there's a ray of hope here, and uh, whenever the time comes, we will make the decision. And uh, Natalie Wickman writes about quite a interesting uh, situation with the, the lake troubles. We heard about that. We talked about that at some length when it first happened. This is out at uh, Timberline Valley South Residence at a big meeting. This is the place uh, where the two lakes that they have there, and I saw some uh, footage on the television last night. It's a very pretty place, very pretty. And their two lakes got uh, sold uh, out from under them. And <laughs> the guy that uh, bought them made... Uh, some uh, call himself na- call himself nasty Joe, and he said, uh, "You know, I got these lakes now. We might have a catfish farm out there, or maybe it'll be a houseboat as a living quarters for some fraternity members and all those kinds of things." He looks like he wants to sell the lakes uh, back, but they don't have a uh, an organization in that neighborhood out there, and so. They're probably going to look at what happened out at McHenry County. McHenry County homeowners had a similar situation. The group argued and won with a provision that uh, states that all interested homeowners should 
be notified of a nearby auction. And this did not happen at uh, Timberline. Some people got uh, words that there was going to be an auction, but not everyone. And so they're looking into that uh, part of it. Uh, Doug is next. Hello, Doug. Hey, good morning, Jim. Uh, two observations on things you brought up before the news. Uh, number one, on the college, free college education. Since, oh, for years and years and now, anybody that serves in the military and successfully serves gets a full-ride scholarship with the GI Bill. That's nationwide and goes to school. And today they're picking up not only tuition and fee, they're picking up housing costs. Uh, in the state of Illinois, and I've used this very successfully for all three of my degrees, you get a full ISVS scholarship. In other words, an automatic admission, but you got to make grades and a total free ride. And that gets reinstituted. And I found out recently, after all the years, and I did it for all three degrees, that I still got it left over because of the last time I got reactivated. So that preschooling has always been there of individuals take responsibility. And, the, and then the other thing, too, is anytime you're in the Illinois National Guard, you get a free ride at college. Yeah, I had the uh, I had the GI uh, Bill back uh, even uh, in those days, back when I got back from uh, Korea. And uh, without that, I don't know if I'd have made it or not. Yeah, I mean, look at what everybody succeeded. The number of people extraordinarily succeeded. But again, is accepting responsibility, fulfilling obligations, and then you get their benefit. And the other thing you mentioned, and this thing has been a stirring thing for those in the military, and we got to come to common sense, not social experimentation here, on the transgenders in the military. The reality is if you get a male or a female dressed as the opposite sex and we get into war, into battle where we're in battle right now, for homosexuals, gays, or lesbians, those things are automatically death sentence. So if you get caught and you're a male and dressed as a female or a female dressed as a male and the enemy gets you, you're dead. And the same thing, they don't accept any of this other nonsense that's going on, social experimentation. So we can consider, say, okay, what do we want to do here, and what are our social stands and mores? Well, it's not the same when you go to war. And that puts everybody in extraordinarily dangerous. And then the other thing, too, on that, the same thing with them in, in the thing as a combat medic, you've got to make the decision. Are you going to provide medical care to one of those with known diseases and everything else and put you at risk? for the rest of your life just for a few minutes because a person has a personal life choice. I don't know too many combat medics that will. So, you well, do you, know, think, uh, you think they uh, should uh, not be uh, able to uh, serve at all or they just should not be able to go into battle? They shouldn't be allowed to serve at all because it puts everybody at risk. Mm-hmm. And then the problems that you have is just, it's, it's just a mind-boggling problem. So, you know, the cultural and social experimentation, the mores are changing the culture, but that doesn't mean it's right. And the rest of the world where we're in battle right now looks at it as evil beyond imagination. In the Middle East, homosexual is a death sentence. <coughs> well, that's an interesting point, uh, Doug. I hadn't uh, thought of it uh, quite like that, but uh, appreciate uh, you bringing it up. We'll see if anybody else wants to talk about that. Thank you. Yeah, what I brought up was a... Um, uh, th- this poll released yesterday that was taken in the wake of President Trump announcing a ban on transgender people serving in the military. Uh, two-thirds of uh, Americans believe they should be allowed to serve, according to this poll. In the survey, 68% said they supported allowing transgender service members, including 55% of voters in military households. 
while 27% said they were opposed. Every demographic group supported allowing transgender military members by 22 percentage points or higher, including gender, age, age group, uh, racial group, education level, party affiliation, except for Republicans, 60% of whom said they were opposed. And we go to Stevie. Hi, Stevie. Hello. I think there are some assumptions being made here that being transgender is a choice and that most of them live in California. This is not the truth at all. I have a transgender grandson who happens to be my granddaughter at this point in time. When she was very small, I mean little, a year and a half, two years old, I'd say, okay, come on, I want to take your picture. Now, she was a boy. She would throw her arm behind her back and strike this very feminine pose, which my three daughters never did. And we would laugh about it and say, boy, he should have been a girl. Then as he got older... This is, this is a little child. He would go to bed at night and say, when am I going to wake up and be a girl? Well, of course, that wasn't going to happen. And she should have always been a girl. There is a spectrum that goes from 0 to 180 on on our sexuality, we I am not a feminine, feminine girl. We all know feminine, feminine women. I'm just an ordinary housewife, never been the best at anything, but I'm just ordinary. Well, our grandson was never ordinary. He was six foot tall, shoulders like a halfback could throw a baseball, would throw to his sister so that she could get ready to go play softball. We said, why don't you go out for the team? No, 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 would never do anything masculine. Whenever he learned to read, would never read a book about boys being successful, let's say the Hardy Boys. Nope, it would have to be... Drew, whatever, Nancy Drew stories, only about successful women. This was very difficult. Growing up in a small town, he was discriminated against because he wanted to be what he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be female. He can't help but that he wasn't. This was not something his family did to him. This is how he was from day one. What has uh, happened to him uh, now? Well, he went on, he has a master's degree in French. He studied in France, not because he had a lot of money. He's just a very strong person. Many of these people commit suicide. This was never a choice for him, never. Has he had uh, surgery of any kind? He did, he did. 
and he, he went on, got through college, uh, had counseling. They said, okay, you have to live for a year as a woman, which he'd never done. So he did, not at home, because he's from a small town in Illinois, where he had to eat lunch alone in the uh, library because he was picked on. You think he should uh, serve in the military? Why not? Well, I'm Why just not? Uh, I'm just asking you. Know, uh, of President Trump it's has his uh, choice, of course. Why, why shouldn't he be able to serve in the military? But he's not he now, and I'm glad of it. The pronouns are the hardest thing to get straight because I always called him he. But he has been she now for, oh, I'd say four years. And he very, very good with many things, figured out where he had to go, went to a place in Pennsylvania and had the surgery, which is, I mean, this is big stuff. Yeah, it is. And his mom went with him. He had to be flat on his back for a week. Now he's she. And she could get off work for a week. My husband and I went and spent a week with her while she was recovering. And since she's not allowed to get out of bed for the second week, uh, while she is recovering, I can tell you, if she served in the military, you would know, n- you could not know the difference between her anatomically and any other woman. It's it's amazing how the surgery Well, was. I appreciate the, your story, and uh, the, the, this is the first time anyone has uh, Call to uh, to tell me an actual uh, story about someone they knew or somebody that was related to them, and I appreciate it, Stevie. I'm going to have to move on, but okay. uh, uh, if you have a final word, that's okay. But uh, well, she uh, couldn't be happier. Couldn't be and happier. People just don't know. That's just her life. I, I appreciate you telling that. Uh, okay. Very very nice of you to call. Thank you. Well, she's right. Stevie is uh, right. Uh, most of us. Uh, Perhaps the greatest majority of us uh, don't know what it's like or have had any experience with anybody that but this uh, lady had. 10.23, we'll uh, take this break. We're coming right back. I'm Jim Turpin. This is Penny for Your Thoughts. We're taking your calls this morning up until 11 o'clock. A text message. The lady just admitted they told her grandson since he was five that he was supposed to be a girl. No wonder he was confused about his sexuality. I would consider that mental abuse. A couple of other texts uh, on different uh, topics. One uh, very short. Jobs are back. If not Republicans, it would be news. Not Republicans in charge, I assume they mean. And uh, another good morning, Jim. I've been out of town over the past few weeks uh, and uh, sort of have uh, unfortunately lost track of the Chinese student that was kidnapped. I was wondering if you had any updates uh, on that. There is uh, nothing new on that, as far as I know. 
The lawyers are working with the accused, uh, the body, uh, assuming it's the body because the FBI has said they assumed that that she is uh, dead, that uh, the body has not been uh, found. Uh, nobody is uh, saying anything, which is, as Bob Steigman said uh, yesterday, is exactly the the right thing to do in an investigation that the police and others should be should not be holding uh, press conferences and uh, so on while the investigation goes on. Uh, Irene is uh, next. Uh, good morning, Irene. Hi. Um, I also have a, a granddaughter that says she's a boy. And what I tell her is that God made her a girl, and I love her. And? Hello. Yeah. Anyway, um, she said she's known it since she was five. And uh, How old is she now? She is uh, 24. Mm-hmm. 22. And she lives in another state. But, you know, she said, you can throw me out of the family or whatever. I said, no, I love you, you know. I'll continue to love you, but uh, she's wrestled with this and decided to change her name to Christopher. But she's still Christian, my daughter, granddaughter to me. But you know, I believe the Bible, and I, I, I wrestle with that because I know these people say that they're not they're born like this. You know, is she doing anything but, about it with regard to uh, surgery or anything like uh, that? She has not had surgery, but she had some other things. Hello? Uh, re- repeat that. We got a... Yeah, she has not had surgery. Okay. She has done some things to change her voice, and she looks like a boy. If she you dress- saw her, you would think she was a boy. She dresses like a boy? Oh, yeah. Hmm. She does. She, she's, um, you know, she's, she's always done with boy things. You know, even when she's little, she didn't like to wear a dress. She used to fight with her mother about wearing a, ch- a dress to church. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I, it's, I don't understand, you know, but we all love her and accept her. Well, and, uh, of course. Her mother calls her Christopher. I call her Chris. Okay. Well, thanks, Irene. Appreciate uh, you sharing. Uh, 1031, uh, Tim Dittman has the news headlines. We'll be back with more of our open line up until 11 right after the news. Here's Tim. It's uh, 1035, 59 degrees here at the Radio Center. And uh, Todd Salen joins us on the uh, phone. Uh, Todd is the producer of Joseph and the Amazing Technical Dreamcoat, which is uh, playing now at the Virginia Theater, a production of the Champaign-Urbana Theater Company. And last night was opening night. Uh, how'd it go, Todd? Fabulous. Oh, we had a f- the crowd was uh, incredible. Uh, the cast was was wonderful. You, you saw them on Wednesday night, and they're just, they're just incredible. But the the crowd, uh, we had to open up the balcony last night, and that's always a good thing when we when we have overflow in the in the main section and open the balcony. So uh, wonderful, wonderful crowd. <laughs> you didn't get uh, rained on or stormed on or anything else. I yeah. mean, it was really uh, coming down. About the, I thought about the. 
I said, gosh, I hope this doesn't affect the show in any way. Well, when you're dealing with a, re- a truly amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, you just kind of wave it in the air, and the, and the clouds part. You know, I'm, I mean, I, I know this isn't the Moses story, but it's close. <laughs> so Todd Salen is writing his own version. He's a revisionist of history now. He's yeah, we have to we have to uh, check it out with Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice in order to bring it into the show. But it's all it's all doable <laughs> if you know the right people. So how many people uh, will that hold down downstairs? Uh, about a thousand or so? I, I think it's about about six hundred fifty or seven hundred. Um, I think it's about right. It's right, well, I, I don't know. Stephen Benz is the expert. I'm just, uh, I just, I just have, I just have actors and sound and lights and things like that. I don't really know. <laughs> so the reaction I uh, take it from the the crowd was uh, like it was on the Wednesday night. Oh my good! Oh my goodness! The crowd was uh, just incredible, uh, laughing and cheering and uh, and almost jumping on stage. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty as you know. It's it's such, it's a show that's so interactive uh, with the actors. Uh, addressing the crowd sometimes and stopping the action. You know, it's an interesting show because uh, uh, Jeff talked about this before. Because there's really no stage direction in the script. Um, the dire- it's left for the director to, to interpret all those songs the way they want to interpret them. And so you can take it as far as you want. And and you know, sometimes I've seen it done where they take it maybe a little too far. But I think this is a really good mix in in, in what Jeff Dare, our director, has has set up. I saw uh, one uh, chain. I've seen Joseph. I don't know how many times, but and it's always uh, that part of it is is the fun part. I think yep. uh, how, how they're going to handle this, and uh, they had the uh, you might remember this uh, show if CUTC did this or was at the assembly hall. Anyway, they had the Central Illinois Children's Choir, and they had them on yeah. the steps, and they were all seated, and they were up on one side of the stage, and they just mainly sat there during the the show and sang and were wonderful. But in, in this show, they are active. Uh, they're on the stage a lot. Oh yeah, they're 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 and on purpose. You know, run, sometimes running across the stage stage lost. It looks like it's it's kids being you know uh, being lo- being ten year olds or seven year olds or whatever. But a lot of that's planned. You know, to make it to, to get the, get the audience to laugh. You know, the curtains closing and the and the actor goes running out. You know, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I saw the uh, I saw the uh, the curtain uh, come down one time, and there were two uh, young people yeah, on the stage, yeah. and uh, one of them got left out. He yeah, exactly. To, now, we didn't plan that, but it was cute, and they handled it so well. <laughs> yeah, he had to come back and get back on the stage by circling the the curtain. Anyway, it's a it's a wonderful uh, show, and uh, as I talked about it on the air before, I. The most impressive thing to me, and uh, the actors are terrific, and uh, the music is uh, is wonderful. Uh, but the most impressive thing to me were, was the uh, the way that the thing is, uh, the set and the lighting. Yeah, yeah. Those are two things that people will not forget. Uh, it seems to me that are really into musicals because it's like being at a rock concert. It uh, not, I don't mean real loud or anything like that. I mean the lighting. Is uh, is does uh, does some magic things on the stage. It's really uh, it really complements the act the the actors uh, uh, singing and dancing uh, as opposed to being a distraction. We uh, Jeff Dare had this vision. He's, he's our director back in February when we first met, and he said, "Todd, this is what I want to do." Now, to give you a perspective, that lighting is ten costs us ten times more than we've ever spent on lighting on any of my shows before. So it's not cheap to do, uh, and it takes a lot of planning. And we had to find somebody more importantly who could do it. 
uh, who could who could stage it and plan it and do all that stuff. So we went over to Cranard and we found a young man named Stuart Wilson, who's a master's student in lighting at Cranard. Uh, Cranard loaned us to him for uh, to us loaned him to us for the summer. And Stuart's been fabulous. Uh, he has worked so hard. He's been at the he's been at the theater since we since we hung the lights on Saturday. He's been there almost nonstop for uh, for four or five days trying to get it right. And fi- last night was the first night that it was perfect. Um, in, in since last since last Saturday, so he's a, he's a remarkable young man. Well, I don't want to give away any uh, secrets, but when uh, Joseph sings uh, about my Technicolor dream coat and everybody is responding with the the kinds of uh, colors that are in there, uh, be ready is all I can say. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. That was kind of like one of my things with Stuart. I said, Stuart. You know, about every, uh, I, don't, I won't give it away either, but about every uh, drama director like Sue Aldridge and LaDonna Wilson and Carol Allen and all these people all around town, they've all, they've all done Joseph and they always wanted to do something with the lights. I said, Let's, can we do that? He says, oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I've got my, uh, my family uh, coming awesome. and, uh, on the Saturday night, so we'll uh, see you then. Tickets are available. I don't want anybody to think that it's sold out. Uh, you can come to the door and uh, you can also call the Virginia. Uh, or go to the Virginia.org. They're they're sitting there right now, ready and dealing with with ticket orders. So, so it's uh, tonight and uh, Saturday night and Sunday afternoon. Am I right? Exactly right. Thank you, Todd. See you. See you on Saturday, if not Take before. Bye bye. Joseph, uh, it's <laughs> Champion Urbana Theater Company. This show has been on. Uh, those of you that have been around here for a while have uh, seen it. Uh, what, half a dozen times? Maybe that's too many. I, I don't know. So I've seen it a lot of times, and so have you, and there's been the movie, and there's been the, the Donnie uh, Osmond uh, uh, era of uh, Joseph, and uh, so it's that, and this is, uh, this is a little different. This is a lot different, as a matter of fact. And I hope you can go, and I hope you can like it. Hope you do like it. Not can like it. Hope you do like it. And let's see, uh, back to uh, Bill, who says, I don't question the patriotism of transgenders, nor do I know if their ability to serve is hampered. I don't have firsthand experience with either matter. I do have to wonder how the government's decision to pay for the expensive surgeries fit in. Yeah, that's another uh, controversial uh, part of this, isn't it, Bill? Something we haven't uh, talked about uh, this morning, but we have uh, talked about in the past. We're at the 1043, uh, 60 degrees, so it's uh, warming up a little bit, but this is going to be a cool one. Trump is uh, off on a uh, vacation, you know, he started today. He's taking a 17-day August vacation. He'll spend at his... Bedminster, New Jersey Golf Club. He spent uh, several recent uh, weekends at uh, Bedminster uh, after having spent many weekends uh, during the winter after his inauguration at uh, Mar-a-Lago in uh, Florida. Trump was critical of, of Barack Obama for taking vacations and for playing a lot of golf and said during the presidential campaign, I would rarely leave the White House because there's so much work to be done. I would not be a president who took vacations. I would not be a president that takes time off. 
Well, don't believe anything anybody says during the campaign. They're just saying things they hope you'll like and then hope to make you vote for them. And then uh, if they're fortunate enough to win, they forget all of them. It'll be the same thing the next time people start complaining, or uh, campaigning, I should say. They campaign and we complain. I mentioned the... Uh, the Kennedy Honors and uh, the Kennedy Honorees have uh, been announced. The show is going to be broadcast on CBS on December the 26th. And I look forward to seeing Norman Lear on there because Norman Lear was here and was a terrific hit at the uh, Ebert Fest. He was just uh, so good and so uh, so uh, nice to uh, people and was terrific on the on the stage, and uh, he's getting up there in age, too. Well, this uh, plant that Toyota and the Mazda is uh, building is only going to cost them a cool $1.6 billion. $1.6 billion for this factory they're going to build someplace in the United States. They haven't said where yet, but it'll create as many as 4,000 jobs. The Japanese automakers said in a statement uh, earlier today that the facility would be operational by 2021. Didn't specify where it would be built. Mazda plans to build new crossover vehicles in the U.S. market at the plant. Toyota will produce its Corolla model there. The move is likely to be seen as a win for President Trump who attacked Toyota earlier this year over its plans to build a new factory in Mexico. He threatened to slap a big border tax on Toyota cars if the plant isn't built in the United States. Toyota had intended to build Corollas, the world's best-selling car, at the plant in Mexico. But on Friday, the Japanese firm said it now plans to produce uh, Tacoma uh, pickup trucks at its plant in Mexico instead of the Corolla. Trump welcomed the news, describing it on Twitter as a great investment in American manufacturing. Toyota and Mazda will build this $1.6 billion plant here in the U.S., create 4,000 new jobs, a great investment in American manufacturing. That last part is just the tweet from uh, President Trump. I did not realize that the Toyota Corolla is the world's best-selling car. There's a lot of them out there, I know that. A lot of uh, Toyotas out there, and this is the smallest of the uh, sedan-type uh, cars that uh, they build, that they build, and uh, all the Corollas currently sold in the U.S. are made in Ontario, Canada, or Mississippi. And uh, the story goes on to say the prospect of a new factory in the United States could set off a competition among states over its location. State and local governments are likely to offer subsidies and tax incentives to land the factory, which could produce as many as 300,000 vehicles a year. That's about as obvious as anything that you could possibly write. 
State and local governments are likely to offer subsidies and tax incentives to land this factory. Yeah, $1.6 billion. Toyota and the much smaller Mazda also announced a new business partnership, uh, the latest example of consolidation in the auto industry. Toyota will pay about $450 million for a 5% stake in Mazda as part of the deal, while Mazda will buy a stake of the same value in Toyota. In addition to the new factory in the U.S., the automaker said they would collaborate on safety and technology for electric vehicles. Toyota lost its title as the world's top automaker to Volkswagen in 2016 after four consecutive years of dominance. General Motors last won the title in 2011. The traditional industry kings now face a challenge from a rival alliance anchored by Renault and Nissan. We'll take a break here at uh, 10.50. If you have something on your mind, we have another uh, 10 minutes or so, so give me a call. I'll be right back. At 10.52, we go back uh, to the phones for Eric. Hello, Eric. Good morning, Jim. Uh, I heard recently on the radio that uh, Illinois' indebtedness of $100 billion plus is, uh, I don't know, great time to get a brain freeze, uh, that the interest rate on that is like 12%. I, I think I had the figure right, uh, but uh, that's unbelievable. Oh, they also said that the uh, debt is increasing at the rate of $2 million a day on that. But, hell, at at, at 12% in six years, that $100 billion debt would double. And I think commercial loans are, what, 4 to 6%. That'd be a much better deal. I don't know why they're procrastinating on that thing, but when they're irresponsible... I guess that says it. So that's all I know so far. <laughs> okay. Well, those are staggering numbers, aren't they? Certainly. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm going to have a Van uh, Dukeman on uh, next uh, Thursday. Van is the president and CEO of uh, Busey. And we're going to talk a lot about uh, the growth of his uh, company and all those kinds of things, but uh, he'd be a good guy to to ask about uh, these uh, various uh, money questions that uh, that we have from time to time. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Julia Reitz, the state's attorney in uh, Champaign County, will be here on uh, Wednesday. Uh, Jim Dye will come back by himself on uh, Monday. He always comes every uh, couple of weeks, uh, talk about his editorials and the columns that he writes and other uh, items in the news. And that will be on uh, Monday. We'll have uh, On the Money on a Tuesday next week. And um, here's another text to Jim as far as transgender in the military. If they do have the very expensive surgery... There is also a lifetime of very expensive drugs they would have to be prescribed at the cost of the American taxpayer. 
The surgery does not change their DNA. They will always be the gender they were born with. That's a note from uh, Bobby. We're at the 356-9397. Text us at the 3515357. Are there any Russians here? With that mocking cry delivered from the bosom of an adoring West Virginia crowd, President Donald Trump offered the most explicit glimpse yet of how he plans to cope with the spreading net of special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. Trump said at the raucous campaign rally, most people know there were no Russians in our campaign There never were. We didn't win because of Russia. We won because of you. The president offered a political argument, not a legal one, for why the Russia story was a total fabrication. On a day of dizzying revelations about the probe, that heaped fresh pressure on his beleaguered White House. Trump's rhetoric and behavior have often defied prediction and logic, and history suggests his comparatively modern approach on Thursday night could yet be followed by a scorching tweet storm, (laughs) a tweet storm, or an assault on Mueller's character and position. Now, he wouldn't do that while he was on vacation, would he? Anyway... Trump's apparently scripted remarks in a context when he has often careened into improvisation and off the political reservation may also be a hint that he may just be ready to take care of the politics and let his legal team handle his defense in a case in which he insists he has done nothing, has nothing to hide. One final break, coming right back. Well, our uh, two-hour open line was uh, pretty good today. Got a lot of uh, calls and a lot of uh, text messages and a lot of good conversation. That's what we like. Dialogue, not monologue. Monologue coming up here very soon after the news uh, with Rush on WDWS in Champaign-Urbana.